welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books that don't count anymore, and getting ready to do things in this book at some point, probably. <laughs> I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we are here to cover chapters 25 through 28 of Fate of the Jedi, book 7, Conviction, by Aaron Alston. Ah, that's not something I usually forget. The title of the book. No, no. What, you're the... making weird eyes over here at the book. What? Oh, it's that's just your front cover. What? I, I got the corner. Yeah, it looks like ripped off. You showed somewhere? me that before, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that happened. Probably in storage or moving or whatever. But yeah, it's a little mm. janked up, isn't it? Yeah. This, you know, this this week, these chapters are much like last week and those chapters where not there's not a lot of progress through let's say the plot Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of posturing and maneuvering oh how can i say that about last week when they literally overthrew the government last week (laughs) there was one chapter of action last week this week again it's just you know we're so we're setting up and we're dealing with consequences of the action in the middle of the book but i have to keep reminding myself like we're only halfway through the book yeah there's still a lot to come even though you know the first half was spilled on the back page anyways that's this week. But first, bum bum bum. Previously, on Forever Canon, the Fireborn goes kamikaze. Protests erupt. The coup starts with a subsonic rattle. Parova lets Han take credit for Dala's capture. And Saba Sabatine takes the Senate. Because, you know, uh, Chief of State Nadasi Dala has been overthrown in the Jedi Order, taking control of the Galactic Alliance. As it says on the back of the book, it doesn't say Nadasi Dala, but you know, that's called ad living. It's, <laughs> it's called artistic license. Ch- change one consonant in there. Anyways, that was last week. This week we start with chapter 25. And we pick up in Hueg Shoal on Nam Koryos, where Luke, Ben, and Vistara have hiked back to the town, the, o- the only town that they know of, which has been destroyed by that four storm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Ooh, ripping houses off there. What stilts? do you call them? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, off their supports. They come back to this town to find a heavy police presence. Presidents? <laughs> heavy police presence. No presidents. But they are looking for Luke, Ben, and Vistara. Why? Yeah, because not only were they sabotaged on their way out. <laughs> yeah. Now they're being set up for murder yeah, and Yeah, they're being framed. Murder. And they told everybody they're looking for Dr. Wee, looking for Dr. Wee. And then, oh. Turns out he's dead. So, you know, number one suspect. Also, the mayor ended up stabbed after he let you borrow his uh, van for, yep. for the weekend. And the, the mayor has no memory of how this happened to him. So, obviously, it was you outsiders, right? Yeah. Was it the... Because we don't take kindly to your kind of right Dr. Wee's, wherever he was, was like 500 kilometers outside of town. 483, yep. Yeah. So, they <laughs> found him I'll dead. I'll never forget that number. Left him there. And somebody happened to find him. 500 kilometers away. Well, I think the idea is that was part of the setup, too. Yeah. Is that, yes, someone was supposed to go find them with his dead body and be like, (gasps) and kill them on sight or something. Like, you know, like, I executed them them for for their crimes or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. The police are all out looking for them and they easily avoid. There's, it's like two sentences of, they snuck around (laughs) and then they, all of a sudden, Luke breaks into Tiselda's home. To sing to her. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
part of her hypno memory therapy, right? Yeah, her Starts whatever mnemonic therapy. Singing, you know, a very Lord of the Rings moment. Mm-hmm. Where all of a sudden this book has a song in the middle of it. <laughs> it's not something that happens. Here. It's weird. Very, very strange. But you know, she's immediately hypnotized. She's completely under uh, within one stanza. Yeah. And Luke says, "Good things. I'm not much of a singer, but all right, you know, okay." Yeah, because it's never happened before ever in the history right. of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Have a Actually, lot of I think Luke Skywalker just invented singing. <laughs> <laughs> Forget all that stuff you've heard in the cantina. This is Skywalker. Anyways, okay. Uh, she's immediately under hypnosis and telling Luke that, quote, the lady is hiding underground somewhere with Drox and listeners. Vistara really wants to call for Jedi backup yep. for the impending meeting with Abeloth. Yeah, right? More Jedi. You know what? Uh, what happened last time? He faced her with just the two of you and Vistara. You killed her once, and then you got almost killed. Both of you. Yep. I don't know what the plan is, but more Jedi. Yeah. Luke says no. Cut to. <laughs> Aboard the shuttle Vernus. Deep space. Valen and Gisela, the only real Jedi left in the galaxy, are bringing their reporter to Nam Koryos. Yay. Reunion. Yeah, this is where we got to go, and we're not telling you any information until we get there. Which, you know, as we figured when they woke up and they were hearing Nam Koryos in their head, Abeloth is still calling to these Jedi from Shelter, who the rest of the Order thinks, other than Valen and Gisela, everybody's fine. They must just not be fine because they were frozen in carbonite when everything got better. Yeah. So that's the only reason they're not better. Not because this very serious problem could possibly be ongoing. Just them. That's all. And uh, they're, of course, headed to Namcorios. And at this point, they all know it's Abeloth. Well, the Jedi Order knows about her, yeah. Luke reported in. They've been to Peter to support him and uh, against the Sith. But, yeah, they know all about her. But, you know, for a while they thought she was dead. Now they know she's back alive because Luke just abandoned everybody that came to rescue him in the last book. Thanks for the help. Zoom. Gotta go. Yeah. Chasing her down. Because she's alive. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, what are you going to do about it? Chapter 26. Ninth Hall of Justice. Coruscant. Tahiri's on trial. Every time we cut to one of these scenes, I'm just like, immediately switch to law and order mode in my brain. Yeah. How I'm picturing everything, right? Like, it, like I have to. Like, that's the way... I can visualize this as, as tying it to a familiar thing. It, judge up on a bench, the jury over here, and the yeah, two desks. Yeah, they're definitely on the right. Def- <laughs> the defendant's on the right. The prosecution's on the left. But, like, I don't know. I've never been to court, really. What, a, a field trip? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, whatever. But the, it's, it's just weird that like, the, only <laughs> the only way I have to relate to this courtroom scene is Kong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Anyways, Tahiri's on trial, but not for long because the prosecution rests like in a lawyer way, not like in a Naramuth Buati yeah, falling asleep nap, in the yeah. middle of the trial way. A surprise move. But in light of the recent Jedi coup, putting everything into disarray and casting a strange shadow across this trial because... The Jedi are already, I guess, looking into getting this case dismissed, mm-hmm. freeing Tahiri, regardless of the outcome. So, Sol Dekon, the prosecuting lawyer, just 
stops <laughs> in both a, a, a legitimate sense of defeat by the overwhelming change of circumstances and also as a play tactic to get the jury on his side. Like it doesn't even ma- look at, look at, look at what the Jedi are doing. Look how they're just taking everything over. doesn't even matter if we, if we convict this woman, they're just going to undo it. So go ahead and convict her. Wink is the subtext, right? Yep. And Boatu explains it to, to hear that, yeah. Hey, we had a, like a 90% chance of winning. Yeah. And because of this, it's down to 50. Yeah. It's 50, 50 shot. That's what he gives her. 50, 50 chance of conviction of, of your life, of treasonous over. murder. Like you're going to get executed if yep. they do that. I don't know. I would assume not, but then again, it's still slaves. And the president of the galaxy was fighting for it. Keeping them. <laughs> yeah. So who knows out here? 50, 50 chance of conviction. And Aramuth says, good enough. The defense rests. Cut to the Jedi <laughs> Temple. Just Jedi Temple. A funeral for Grandmaster Kenneth Hamner. It's been a few days since... How long has it been since he died? Oh, it's been a bit. Because... It was before the It was before the... they launched to Peter to yeah. save Luke Skywalker. It, Which was... How did they get those ships out again? They someone attacked an orbital. Uh... Yeah, that was when they kidnapped all the people on. Right, on that's the... right, that's right. They used the errant venture. Yeah. to kidnap the kidnap <laughs> the one hundred most wealthy and influential Coruscanti and put them in a Sabak yeah. tournament. While Han, Leia, and a bunch were rescuing, um. Gisela and Valen. Yes, from the Imperial holding facility yeah. where they were frozen in carbonate. Multiple pronged attack. And then everybody flew out of the Jedi Temple, which Kent Hamner didn't like. <laughs> so he's been dead for a while. Yeah, he's been dead for... But, you know, now that we've taken over the government, and it's been a couple days, things have settled, and we can have a funeral for the former acting Grandmaster. Jane is here. Mm-hmm. She says words to Corn Horn, asks about the kids. Not good news. Wouldn't you know? Saba has a mission for Han and Leia. Yep. She sends them to Klaatuin to invite the slave worlds into the Galactic Alliance and even the Senate. We'll yeah. give them a seat in the Senate if they can join, if they agree to join the Galactic Alliance. Yeah, right? but just one of the groups is like a sign of... It's like a first first come, first serve. Or is it... Uh, it, it the whole thing is like wildly weird at Klaatuine. Since Klaatuine was like the, the first one to kick off where they overthrew their hut slavers because the Sith went and touched the special crystal thing mm-hmm. fountain, you know, they, they were the first one to overthrow their, uh, their slavers. So now species from worlds across the galaxy have congregated here like a refugee site. Yep. And it's Han and Leia's job to go there and do the politicking to get, you know, to abolish slavery forever and invite these <laughs> sentient, sapient species fully into the Galactic Alliance uh, correctly. Right? Yeah. Or make the rest of them jealous again over the one to destabilize their cohesiveness. Well, I think it's both. Yeah. And like Saba's right. I mean, Saba, Leia's right. She says that, right? Oh, you're also trying to undermine their collective, uh, I don't know, their 
like you said, cohesiveness. That was a great word. <laughs> <laughs> the collectivity. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Um, but Saba also says, yeah. Also, we're giving them a path and a, uh, you know, a step-by-step guideline to join the Alliance. Like it's not fake. Yeah. You know, part of it is we do need to destabilize some of this pressure right now because we're trying to deal with our own thing of taking over the government putting a new government in place and then stepping out of the way. That's the Jedi plan. Yep. Right now there's a triumvirate, right? Of Saba and two conspirators. Saba, Admiral Perova and general Jackson. That's, that's three great people to be making decisions about the government to come. But Han and Leia's new mission is to head off to Clatuine. Hammer's funeral pyre is lit and the Jedi order lost a Jedi master, Tim. Mm hmm. That's pretty serious news. Even the Solisars stayed, stayed alive in the last series. Yeah. And they were, bits, hacked, but... they were hacked up pretty good. Whew. Yeah, man. Kenneth Hamner is, is gone. And now so is his corporeal bodily form. Yeah, what are we, 16 books in? Only two masters have died. Kenneth and Mara. And this one was a much different circumstance. Yes. Chapter 27. Well, that's probably aggressive. <laughs> Too bad. Hueg Shul. Nam Koyos. All right. Okay. Nam Koyos. What am I doing here now? I don't know. Anyways, this is where we are, okay? Vistara sends an Abeloth update to her father from Teselda's computer with Teselda's money. Yeah, but kind of doesn't want to. It seems like she's she's fighting between betraying them and staying... Um, Loyal to her dad and the Sith. But it's also strange, like... she Okay, so all the other letters that she was writing and not sending were all, like, emotional letters about how she's feeling and how her feelings have changed and stuff like that. Yeah, I love you, that kind of... This one is an informational update that she's sending almost by reflex. Yeah. Right? It's, It's like she still has that... She, she still has that ingrained loyalty to her people. Yep. Of course. And she's only been <laughs> estranged from them after killing High Lord Talon herself for like a couple weeks. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. As, about as long as Kent Hamner's been dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like probably to the minute. Yeah. that Because that would be a sweet side-by-side like temporal uh, comparison. That would be... Anyways. What am I talking about? Uh, how... She didn't want to send this letter. She almost couldn't press the button to send it. Yeah, until Ben's surprised. And then surprised Ben her. pops his head and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And she gets, you know, defensive cover-up mode, spy mode. And she's like, bang, send. Slams the thing shut. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, what, what are <laughs> you doing? Just chilling. Totally not doing bad guy spy stuff. I, I, I'm a Jedi now. Right? Yeah. But she sends a message to her father saying, Abeloth is here. On Nam Koryos. So you know, everybody's coming to Nam Koryos now. Yeah. Because, I almost said Han and Leia. Luke and Ben are here with Vistara. She sent a message to the Sith. Abeloth is here reaching out to the Shelter Jedi, specifically Valen and Gisela, who I'm assuming are going to be tracked down at some point by the Jedi. You know, they removed their tracers or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know. 
you follow the evidence. It's like an investigation. You'll find them eventually. Yep. I don't know if the Jedi are coming, but here we come. This is going to be Peter all over again, where it's going to be Luke and Ben against Everyone. all of the Sith yep. and Abeloth with Vistara maybe somewhere in the middle. Yeah. This time, definitely further over into the light. Like she probably, you won't have to wait till... Ben's about to be cut into meat cubes by a force <laughs> net to have her step in and do the right thing. You know, <laughs> it might be a shorter fuse on that. But what happens when Ben and Luke find out about this message or do they never find out about this message mm-hmm. and just the Sith show up and it's just assumed they're tracking Abeloth just like Luke was or whatever. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but it's been a while since she's betrayed them. This is the first time this book. Yeah, and Since it, she's rejoined them, right? and and like you were saying, it was more of a oh crap reflex, press the button because she. Well, I mean, she wasn't did, sending. She it set quick. it all up. Yeah, it was all ready to go, but yeah, she was like dithering on the uh, on the moment of choice. Yeah, and there is um, in uh, the beginning of this episode, I I missed it in my notes at chapter twenty five. She still even when Ben's describing it, um a very clear distinction between her and Ben and Luke. Cause she says Ben thinks or says two Jedi and a Sith. Yeah. He doesn't say we or us. Yeah. He makes I wonder, that distinction. I saw that too. And I wondered if he meant Sith in like the order sense or in the genetic sense. Like that's, that is yeah. her, her species. Yeah. Essentially. Right. She, that's what they are. After the, so many generations, the Sith eventually became a religion, but they were, a species and they are these Sith are like a preserved genetic yeah. <laughs> Petri dish of that, of that original race, right? Like they are the blonde haired, blue eyed <laughs> Nazi dream. <laughs> yeah. And essentially that's kind of the story, but this little Nazi girl, okay, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to stop making that comparison. This little Sith girl, you're right. He says that and he does make that distinction between them and her still. Yeah. And maybe, uh, maybe that's because we're still going to have more divisiveness. Uh, you're probably right. I mean, how, him making that distinction has to matter because why? What's going to happen? You're not just going to have a smooth ride. No, her joining the team and like cool forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not. First of all, how literature works yeah. not interesting literature anyways generations of stories of, of sith and her whole life all 16 through to 18 years of it yeah um <laughs> it just ingrained it's not just gonna be like okay light switch and that's how the button that's how the send button gets pressed yeah because he startles her into reflex and her reflex is loyalty to the sith yep click shut bang and everyone's coming the Sith are coming to Nam Koryos. Valen and Gisela will be here probably any time now. Luke, Ben, and Vistara are already heavily outnumbered. And don't forget, Luke is still injured from fighting, killing, and then losing to Abeloth at Peter. Mm-hmm. He's still hurt. Oh, and as is mentioned many times here, Tim, mm-hmm. he's very tired. Yeah, he looks tired. Vistara mentions it. Uh-oh. Let me ask you a question, Tim. Seven books into this series that I think I've asked you a few times. Why do you think they keep saying Luke Skywalker's so old and tired and injured, Tim? Yeah, I, I think by the end of it, he's going to have to sacrifice himself. He's going to just have to. 
That's scary. That's a scary yeah. thought, my man. Another change in Vistara that I noticed here at the beginning of this chapter when talking to Luke and, and Ben, um, because she finds a bunch of information on yeah, those, uh, the, where, wherever they're those hiding. tunnels, yeah. yeah. Abeloth is hiding in a cave underneath a, a water pumping station or something, and they're like, we only know about one, and, the, blah, blah, blah. and then she ends up finding like 5,000 of them across the planet. Yeah, that well, she had to pay people for or whatever, uh, yeah. spending more of Cell's money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she calls, instead of just answering his question, she calls Luke Master, Master Skywalker and Sir. Yeah. Like, which again could be, you know, her reflexive ingrained. Oh, what do you call that? Where you just are. Oh, I can't even think Obedient. of a word. Yeah. Like to a fault to um, authority. Yeah. Like totally obsequious. That's not quite right. Ubiquitous. Something about being obedient that was a close <laughs> yeah. um, but that could just be her natural inclination to respect authority because that was beaten into the sith yeah literally yeah but i noticed it too yeah and i was like she called him master skywalker although what else would you call him skywalker no luke no um jedi she, she no she could have just said of course or yes but sure she... you don't have to give him a name or an honorific addressing him but yeah if you do, what else would you call him? Yeah, no, it's Sir or Master Skywalker. But you're right. There's a lot of conflicting points in these few scenes of Luke, Ben, and Vistara that are pointing to a conflict in her loyalty Yeah, that has subtly been drifting into the background. Mm-hmm. You know, when the forefront of it has been her uh, telling us her feelings and thoughts changing and like, why does life have to be so bad? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I don't know, like awakening, right? Ben's plan is working. It is being hinted at and then not subtly hinted at. Bang, button, slam, close. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I found all this info and yes, yes, sir. But I think the biggest point is that Luke is tired. Mm -hmm. We cut to Coruscant. Just Coruscant. Yep, somewhere. Not the ninth hall of justice. Not around the corner from Sergeant Pepper's office in the third dimension of the 15th precinct in 1251 Coruscant Avenue. Some of them are way too specific. Coruscant. Just Coruscant, where Dalla is being sentenced to a maximum security prison for the duration of her treason trial. Yep, because they refused her bail. She has too many connections. She's too powerful. She's too rich. Yep. There's no way we can trust you out on your own recognizance. Again, Very true. A word I only know from Kong Kong. Yep, yeah, me too. <laughs> Maybe also Brooklyn Nine Nine, a great show. But she's being she's being sent to a maximum security prison. And did you pick up on that right away? As soon as they said maximum security, I was like, "Wow, guess where she's gonna go?" Yep. Cut to Dalla being scanned in, fingerprinted, palm printed, and writing a letter in her mind to Boba Fett. Yes. What? <laughs> yep. I wrote that what? one down. I wrote it down. We've been saying so many times, Mandos, Mandos, Mandos. Why is nobody mentioning Boba Fett? Where's Boba Fett? Yeah, he had to run away from, what's it called? Mandalore. Oh my God, how did I possibly blank on that? (laughs) He's forced to flee Mandalore after the nanovirus with his genetics programmed into it uh, was released there at the end of the last war uh, by the Empire in an effort to kill him. Him. Yep. And all the 
his bloodline, yeah. all of his family. So him and Murta. It was a test run because really they wanted to use it against Amelia Solo. Yes. I mean, Alana Solo. I guess her last name's still Solo, isn't it? Because she's with the, the yeah. elder Solos. Yeah. Anyways, oh, you give her a fake first name and not a... Everybody knows she's Jason's daughter. I, no, they no. don't. No, they... What the hell? They only... Why would you not give her a fake last... Okay, we're not... We're not going deeper into that, okay? I'm not going to go crazy about this right now, but... (laughs) We'll talk about it later so we can get more succinct. But, like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I guess... Yeah, okay. They explain it away that it's their last name, and they've adopted her. Yes. So, cool. But, hey, you know what you could do? Give her two fake names. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, just thought. Anyways... Do- that that has nothing to do with this. Dala is writing a letter to Boba Fett in her brain. And I don't have a brain anymore. It has exploded. She heads into her cell to see a familiar face smiling and waving from across the hall <laughs> in another cell. The, what I was no. alluding to before. As soon as they said maximum security prison, I was like, ah, Tahiri's jail. Yeah, and then they, said, sure. they said the name of the prison, too. Oh, did they? I didn't, yeah. I didn't As- click that together. Asmon, something, something, something. Right, right. Well... There's Tahiri Vela, locked in her own cell, smiling and waving. <laughs> right at, across the hall. At uh, President of the Galaxy, Natasi Dalla. Burn. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. I just, you know what it makes me think of, too? How much do you think that warden is going to want to get those two in the yard together accidentally? Yeah, they're both like going to be in that high security before, yard. Right? With each other, alone. And somehow, the cameras are off. The lights are up. Like, whatever, yeah. right? We've already seen that warden do a freaky, creepy setup once before. And now he's got two huge celebrity toys to play with. Yeah. The guy's a creep, right? Bad guy. Anyways, uh, Dala is, if I, if I can quote Liar Liar, getting what I deserve, reaping what I saw. <laughs> and we cut to... <laughs> where luke wakes up thank god yeah, he did not die in his sleep i've seen this before though i swear i've I've read this scene in these books before luke skywalker wakes up but he didn't have a dream this time <laughs> thank god there's enough going on already we don't need to be having bad dreams about dark hooded figures no and people stealing boots from your room and stuff like that Ooh. Yeah. That was that was a good series. Anyways, <laughs> Luke wakes up. <laughs> ben hands him a data pad with three very important headlines. Number one, Dalla arrested. Number two, Hamner killed, although he already knew that. And number three, Luke Skywalker's exile has been overturned. Yep. Kind of more evidence of what... Um, the general public is worried about look how much the Jedi are meddling right away with the slightest bit of control over the government. They've overturned Luke's thing. They're, they're talking about getting to freed. They've thrown Dalla in jail. How much of that has been allowed to happen by the other two thirds of the triumvirate, which are evilly working together. Yeah. Right. They it's are- going to look so bad for the Jedi to just be like, undoing any punishments handed to them. Yeah, they are trying to get Dala a fair trial, like on a on a planet that's neutral. So they neutral. say, but... They put Wynn in charge of but it. But that's what Saba says. Yeah. And there's two-thirds of that she triumvirate be that yeah. are bad guys. 
Oh, terrible people. Really? Admiral Perot was very new, and I don't know whatever happened to that other person. Anyways, I thought there was one other person that disappeared, but maybe I'm just thinking of Senator Treen. Yeah, she's somewhere. She's the one who's going to be the princess of the galaxy or whatever? Yep. Okay. With and alongside Leckerson, yep. who we haven't heard much from lately. Okay. I See, I know everything that's happening in this book. It's great. Anyways, Luke sees all these headlines. It doesn't change his plans at all. No, he says it's a kind of a disaster because he can't go back even though they'd be expecting him because he's got crap to deal yeah. with. And the Jedi shouldn't be politicians or and, politicking. And shouldn't be coming to help him because yeah. they have other things to do. Exactly. So everything that's happening, he doesn't want to have happen. Well, tough shit, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Things are <laughs> happening. You got exiled for 10 years. Welcome back. And it's been six months, maybe. And once again, like he has a chance to return to the Jedi and he does not. Just yep. like the fleet comes up here to not. Not see ya. Sorry, can't. I'm not even gonna. Not even gonna hang out and have a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I pick that? <laughs> Anyways, doesn't change his plans. Abeloth, number one threat. They steal a speeder because they're good guys and head for her hideout to do what? They stole a speeder from the bad guys. Yeah, I know. Or but the... what are they gonna go do here? Get killed? They are no match for her. We know this already, and now she has taken over not only another group of force sensitive people. They have a connection to magic sentient crystals, which amplify and reverberate the force. And also, she's down there with a nest of body-infesting, mind-infesting bugs. Yep. What is your plan? Drop a fireball down there? Because that better be it. That would work. You know what we're going to do with the speeder? Strap a bunch of C4 to it. (laughs) Push it down the hole where we find their cave. Like, what are you going to do? Chapter 28. Frigate. Raquel. Main hangar bay. I don't care. Han and Leia are asking... <laughs> are asking Jedi Knight Seha Dorvald's ex-boyfriend, Javin Tools, if he will babysit Amelia on their trip to Klaatuin. And I gotta tell you, Tim, his response is perfect. He says, um... This is not offered as a criticism. I'm genuinely curious and a little confused. You're bringing a child into an armed camp, an ad hoc settlement where security is going to be handled by several incompatible units varying from freedom fighters to, it seems, terrorists to self-aggrandizing warriors, none of whom have any consideration for the safety of a little girl. Yep. Leia says, it's not an ideal situation. (laughs) And I'm just like, man, this guy nailed it. How, how many times have we been saying <laughs> yeah. this? How is she not safer at the Jedi Temple? Okay, Coruscant's in an uproar. How is she not safer? How is she not safer on Hapes? Seriously. Under protection of the Royal Guard and her Jedi mother. Where nothing is happening right now. <laughs> Where <laughs> you're not going into the middle of... An absolutely millennium, millennia overdue conflict, yeah. overthrowing slavery across the galaxy. And Leia's just like, you know what though, you gotta learn how to deal with fussy people here, and it's like a good learning thing. Yeah. My note on this on the, oh, on his man. thing. Yeah. Someone other than us is criticizing Han and Leia yeah, for their parents. God. He also adds to Han and Leia. P.S. That poisoning was weird. Yeah. How? Blah, blah, blah. It's impossible. It must be a hidden force at work. 
Yeah. Well, you know, one normal guy is like, hey, there's something else going on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is this guy all of a sudden? He was just... He was just a hard-eyed guy on the on the on the landing platform. We thought he was going to be the proverbial red shirt that was going to die, but he's alive. Yeah, and smart. Maybe in an even scarier note, probably still wearing a red shirt now, babysitting the queen of the white throne. Yep. By the way, people know about ish. (laughs) What? The hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Han and Leia are like, ah, we feel bad because, you know, we ruined his career. He wasn't, Seahaw was never supposed to take him on a date and expose him to all this criticism and, uh, you know, expulsion from the Galactic Alliance security. So we'll just give him a chance to redeem his security career, babysitting Alana. And we cut to Clatooine, where Han doesn't want two wives and Alana doesn't want 3PO to babysit. Who would? Yeah. And, As- and Alana says, you don't want two wives anyways. You don't want two women yeah, telling she's you what the to one, do. Yeah, she's the one who tells Han. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all know. She's awesome. Yeah, Alana's great, man. But she's like, when she's complaining about having 3PO babysit, I just had a, like, a flashback to all the times Jason and Jaina as kids must have been dodging babysitter 3PO and getting up to no good. Yeah. All the time. And this is like... A generational rite of passage now mm-hmm. from handed down from her father. She's living with her grandparents. Han and Leia have tried, have had to avoid 3PO many times in their own life. Uh, did Anakin ever have to dodge 3PO? No, he built him. Yeah. So they were on, they were on good terms. <laughs> How did that droid ever get off Tatooine and finished? I don't Is know. that, that must be a story in between episodes one and two where Anakin has aged 10 years. Yeah. Where he like finishes the job. And yeah. Cause he's something. leaving and says, sorry, I didn't have time to give you plating. That's interesting. I didn't actually, I, I, I have no idea how 3PO got finished and brought into the main story. How did he get brought to the Republic? He was, he, he was in serve. He was in Padme's service by the time we see him. Yeah. Or right. And then it's like, what, who finished him? We'll have to look that up. Okay, that's not a question for now. No, yeah, <laughs> we're no. Just, now I'm just... Maybe we'll get there in the books we read. I'm some wondering point. out loud into a microphone. That is useless. <laughs> Anyways. Gives our listeners something to think about. A lot, yeah. Well, they probably all know the answer. <laughs> we're idiots. <laughs> Alana doesn't want 3PO to babysitter. Cut to the galactic-sized refugee camp in the middle of the Klaatuinian desert where we don't take kindly to your kind around here either, just like Nam Corios, huh? Mm-hmm. In fact, Han and Leia come down to meet the delegation of all the leaders of the slave rebellions. And one of them, something I didn't really think about, is a droid. Yes. Advocate for freedom of droids. Having a droid in your service is slavery. He is especially displeased. What was his name? Haywire or something? No, Naysay. Yes. Naysay, everything I create. Go sit in your tower. You piece of poodoo. Anyways, inward singing, this droid, very displeased, calls Han and Leia, quote, longtime incorrigible slave owners. Mm-hmm. Negotiations will not be short. How not short? Find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 7, Conviction, 
chapters 29 through 32. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Not short. Nothing. Nothing about this book is short. Nope. I want to read the next one. <laughs> For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.